You are listening to the Icehouse Podcast, hosting conversations with gritty Kiwi business owners and leaders and industry-leading minds. Hi everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Ice House podcast. And I'm I was saying to Amanda, how have we not done this sooner? But today <laughs> is the day that I am chatting with Amanda Fleming. She is a massive part of the Ice House funnel. She has been a facilitator on our key programs, owner manager and leadership development. Since way back, since since pretty much the beginning, we've decided, uh, which is pretty cool. She's also the founder and director of Presenter at Large, and she helps leaders and teams develop highly transferable skills. And uh, we're going to talk about that today, all around personal development, presenting, communication. We're going to get into the good stuff. Uh, but first, thank you, Amanda, for joining us today. Well, thank you very much for having me, Briar. I too wonder why we haven't done this before, but here we are. Today's we the are. day. Today is the day. We like to start with quick fire, and I think you'll um, be great at this. So some quick fire questions coming your way. Are you ready? Go for it. Awesome. What does a day in the life of Amanda look like? Yeah, well, that's that's just for a number one question because it's different every day, but samplings would be traveling and teaching might be involved. Um, otherwise, I'm in the office in Oamaru where I'm based and I'm either having meetings, I'm online, I'm doing prep, I'm doing logistics, I'm booking tickets, I'm booking rental cars, I'm worrying about my carbon footprint. And yeah, it's a mix of all of that, doing some writing, doing some, you know, all sorts. I'm very, very fortunate that I have a hell of a lot of freedom as to how, and I've designed my life that way. Um, on purpose so that I've got a lot of freedom to basically go with my own flow. I love that. Very inspiring. When are you most relaxed, Amanda? When I'm at home. Hmm, When I know know all my ducks are in a row, I can see what's coming down the pipe and it's like, yep, I've got that sort of, I've got that sort of. Um, (laughs) Having things in the air where where there's a lack of um, certainty, which is the world we live in, there is a lack of certainty. But in as much as I can that I know this is happening then, that's happening so that I can plan and I can just chillax and relax and do all Mm. the things you do when you're doing that. I've got a beautiful garden, so I'm very fortunate. Oh, dreamy. I like that. Book or podcast that you recommend? Well, of course, I have to say my books, don't I? Yeah. Because both of them, one being a generic presentation skills self-help book, very popular, been around for years, but it's timeless stuff. Mm. And my newer book, which is still, you know, a few years old now, um, Activate Your Superpowers, is a generic self-help book for anyone in any context. There's no mm. dogma. I'm not a guru, never never aspired to that. Um, so both of those books I would highly recommend. Awesome. Great recommendations. Um, party with five? Or a hundred people? Definitely five. Yeah, nice. First much rather ev- go, much rather go for the um, depth conversations. Yeah, for sure. Which I, I think comes out right in, in all of your work and yeah. <laughs> what you put your life towards, which makes sense. Um, and what was your first ever job? Well, are we talking full-time or part-time? Are um, we talking school jobs or post-school first proper job? You, you choose. 
Well, post-school first proper job was I was one of two female truck drivers in Dunedin, and I did that mostly to annoy my mother <laughs> so that she had to tell her friends I was a truck driver. It was a very mean thing to do, but I did that first job for about six months. <laughs> oh, that cracks me up. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, that just sets the tone. I love it. Um, following from that, and from the quick fire, diving a little bit deeper. Yeah. Tell us a bit about yourself, Amanda. What gets you out of bed in the morning? Well, that's two questions. Tell you a bit about <laughs> myself and what gets me out of bed in the morning. What gets me out of bed in the morning for sure is the opportunity to, and this will sound like a mouthful, but it's true, to contribute to the evolution of human consciousness. And mm. I do that through the workshops I design so that that is what my life's work. I'm very, very blessed mm. that I have had the, the, the space, the means to, to study one thing for over 30 years. Wow. And so that was off the back, if I go, okay, a bit about myself, that was off the back of seven years as a frontline police officer. And probably most of your listeners or watchers uh, have heard my earlier story, you know, classic dysfunctional Kiwi upbringing, two parents for a few years, one of them decamped. Mm -hmm. um, my brother and I grew up in a solo parent environment, which was called a broken home back in those days. Um, and so, you know, we should be by and large statistics and yet neither of us are. are. Mm -hmm. So we had a school teacher for a mother who made sure that we got, you know, reasonably well equipped. And then I had my um, ups and downs as we all do through my teenage years, through, you know, my father suicided when I was 18. There were a mm. lot of things. There was sexual abuse in there, you know, betrayal by a trusted family friend. Um, very, very low self-esteem, self-worth issues. In fact, mm. I didn't think I was worth much at all until I discovered personal development. And it literally saved me from myself. I was my own worst enemy. And I wow. know a lot of people can relate to that. Mm. Um, but I sure was my own worst enemy, probably heading in the direction of my father. Had I not, you know, dare I say the word woken up, mm. you know, because that word's been perverted a bit too. Yeah. But that's what my work's about is growing awareness so we can make better choices and better decisions and design wow. the life we want. Exactly. You think that's, yeah, thanks for sharing that. Um, and you're right. I think a lot of our listeners would have heard that, that backstory, but do you think that was fundamental to your decision to join the police and um, to go on this personal development journey to help others because of what you went through? No, I think it was personal in that I, I thought one of my motivations was for joining the police was my mother was a teacher. She used to lecture at Teachers College. I needed my own identity as an adolescent, you know, as mm. a late teen. Yep. And so I joined the police, number one, thinking mum doesn't know anything about that so I can have my own career space. And number two, I actually, from a deeper level, thought the police is a helping profession. It's a service profession. And maybe if I could help other people, I would feel better about myself. So it was wow. very self-centered motivation. Yeah. It wasn't some altruistic, oh, I'll be able to help people. It was, I'll be able to help people. And then I might feel better about me. 
because mm. I really did have a pretty toxic relationship with that primary relationship we all had, the one with yourself. Yeah. That's the that's the base. And did that so, happen? Yeah. 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 Wow. yeah. Well, I found I found personal development. I mean, I got into my career. I was I was in the cops at a time in this history um, of ours where. You know, it started off with Erebus and it finished up about a year after the Rainbow Warrior got bombed. So we're talking sort of the 80s, mm. turn of that decade and the 80s, when our society was going through some pretty rapid need for change. And yeah. I was I was just noticing how, you know, really intelligent people did really dumb things sometimes. And that's what got me really interested in what motivates human behavior in the first place. Like, why do we do dumb things mm. when we know that that's a dumb thing, but we do it anyway. Yeah. And it's the old self-sabotage routine. You know, I want that, but I do this to prevent myself having that very thing. Yeah. Um, and then I can just keep wanting it, but never actually have it. Mm. So, you know, the reinforcing of deeply held beliefs of some sort. But thankfully, they are changeable, which I came to discover, um, which is why I guess I do the work that I do, because I can speak about it with conviction. I know how I used to feel. Yeah. And I know how I feel now. And there are light years, light years difference. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So interesting. Cool. I really like that. I would like to hear what life looks like now and how that journey happened from police to now. Well, that's a rather, how long have we got? The short version. <laughs> <laughs> well, what life well, looks I started, like now? I started out, like I dropped out of teacher's college. I dropped out of law school. I'm a two-time university dropout. So mm -hmm. I identify as a street trained kind of person. Yep. And I've worked with well over 100,000 humans now of all sorts of ages and stages. Wow. And there are some things that you start seeing that are patterns. And I started seeing some of those patterns. I recognized probably one of the biggest things that shifted a lot for me was learning to meditate. Mm. And, you know, meditation as a practice, as a 100% natural stress management strategy, I would have to say is still the single best practice we can engage in and there are so many thousands of approaches to it mm. but the bottom line of it is if we can find a nice still place on the inside that is safe and you know nothing and no one can hurt us there and and find the or allow the clarity I should say because it's not about finding anything but allowing the clarity of our life to come forward Mm. Um, that process was gradual. It had accelerated parts in it. I would go into the doldrums and parts of it. It would accelerate again, which would would then inform the my understanding of learning that we do actually need plateaus. We need learning plateaus to sort of regroup before we take off again. Because if we're just going, you know, mm. straight up, and um, this was one of the things that the continuous improvement kind of focus had people thinking everything has to be better every time yeah. and that's not how life works you yeah. know it is two steps forward one step back sometimes as long as it's not one step forward and two steps back we're we're okay yeah but two steps forward one step back incremental sometimes radical shifts 
and put it all together. And then some someday along the way is a dawning awareness of, oh, I, th I think I might be starting to learn who I am and what I'm on about and what I stand for and what's important to me and that that's valid. And I have a right to express who I am in the world. All of these things dawned on me. So, you know, it wasn't that I grew up assuming those things. In fact, quite the opposite. And so I had to, I had to claim those things. Mm -hmm. I had to understand that I had a right to be in the world, as silly as that sounds. Um, but, you know, this, it's, it's just, it's the process of life for a human from conception all the way through to the grave, mm. uh, it fascinates me. And the way that our consciousness continues to, to evolve, because we're in some species challenges at the moment, not just yeah. here in New Zealand, but species, our whole human species is faced with some pretty big challenges. And we've got the, we've got the know-how and we've got the nous to solve those problems yeah, it's just a little psychological infrastructure that sometimes get in the gets in the way, and we commonly call that ego. Mm. And it can, it can be the big tripper upper. Yeah, so true. How how did your involvement come about with the Ice House? Then how did that all spark? Because then oh, obviously... I blame I blame Liz and Raywin and Joe Clayton for that. Completely blame them for that. <laughs> <laughs> they they um I can't remember which one it was probably Liz that initiated a meeting with Andy and I sat down with Andy in the day and um we had a bit of a a meeting and I found him absolutely inspiring and stimulating and hilarious and very naughty and you know I thought yeah this is the kind of guy I might like to <laughs> and so yeah it started it started in the leadership development program mm -hmm. with Joe and we awesome. had met at NZIM, all three of us. Right. So that was that's how that's how I ended up getting on board. Amazing. So, you know, you've mentioned this uh, the importance of personal development and, and communication. Uh, oh and yeah. yeah. How important is that for a business leader and owner? Well, I think, Briar, if you think about um, a lot of my work is to do with three relationships: the one you have with you which is the one you take to your relationships with other people. Yeah. And then you've got your relationship with whatever your creation story is. You know, mm -hmm. you, you, you might have a religious context to that. You might direct dial to whatever you believe is your creator. You might think you believe nothing, but we all believe something about where we came from and where we'll go when we die. And so those big existential questions can often um, be lurking there and wake us up in the early hours of the morning and then it's like oh that's too hard I don't know what my, what's my point why am I here what's the purpose of my life why am I sitting in the traffic every day why am I doing this <laughs> yes and uh, those questions are often well my experience is they will often come up from if they don't come up in your teenage years, they generally will come up in your late 20s. And if they mm. don't come up in your late 20s, they'll arise in your mid-30s. And if they don't do it then, then it'll be a full-on midlife crisis <laughs> around about the age of 42. <laughs> <laughs> so there are seven-year rolling cycles through our life. And we count some of them, you know. We do count some of them. We go zero to seven, you're a kid, seven to 14, you're a big kid, and then mm. 14 to 21, you're an adolescent, and you pop out the end and you get your prize, and you're now 
an adult. And yet we know our brain doesn't finish forming until we're at least 25. Mm. And those cycles continue. But no one teaches us how to cooperate with those. I mean, if you look at you in the mirror and go, is there an impulse in me to keep learning and growing? And I'd say we'd both have to say the answer is absolutely there is. Yeah. And my moot is all about all, all we actually need to do, this is what I've come to learn, it's easier said than done, but all we need to do is learn to tune into that impulse and cooperate. Mm. But of course, there are things that come up in the way, and one of the biggest things that comes up is fear. Mm. Like, what if I have this business idea and it fails, or um, what if I can't find anyone to come with me on the journey you know what if I fall on my face into a belly flop well you know you get to an age and stage where you go well what if you do Mm. so what what's the worst of that and of course if you've put your life savings into backing yourself there's a motivator there that you just will not (laughs) fail you just won't and if it's tuned into who you are really then there's there's something that moves with you. You know, you get the cooperation of your environment, magical, seemingly magical things happen. You have chance meetings with people that are just the right person. All of those wonderful synchronicities that go with doing what you're meant to do. Mm. And of course, the opposite can occur as well. If you, like I often think of those singing shows like America's Got Talent or the American Idol things, you know, and someone comes in and goes, what does it mean to you if you won this competition? They're like, it's my whole life. It's my dream. And then you hear them sing and it's like, <laughs> oh, sweetheart, who told you to come on this? You know, like I it's a dream, but this isn't your dream. It's not going to be your dream. You need yeah. to find your own dream. Yeah. So it's a bit like that, sorting the wheat from the chaff. Um, I don't know if that's answering your question now. I've forgotten what the question is. I got, ro- I got on a roll. It's gold. It's gold. <laughs> so we're talking about the the business owner, right? So what yep. if there's, so there's a business owner or leader listening to this and they're sort of feeling like they're in one of those cycles you've been talking about and they're kind of waking up in the middle of the night going, what is this all about? What is a first step that they can take to push past the fear and to invest into themselves? Tell themselves the truth. Oh, Now that is tricky. Yeah. Uh, if you've ever been in a relationship that has passed its use by date, if you've ever been in a job that is past its use by date, the hardest thing to do is accept the energy has gone from this. This is this is over. And so sometimes we will, you know, we can't just say that. We can't just say, you know what, I've been busting my ass with this for 15 years and I just I'm I'm I need to let it go. Mm. I actually need to let it go. And there's a huge freedom in surrendering to that. Mm. And sometimes, and I've seen this happen over and over, in the in the yielding, in the surrender, which is very different than submission, yeah. in the surrender, which has got grace in it with a capital G, sometimes everything comes around and off you go again. And it's like, oh my God, I was just ready to give up on it all. And it's just gone through the roof. What's going on? And it's because we actually, we're not in resistance anymore to the worst thing that could happen is that I let this fail. Mm. Um, And sometimes that just 
telling yourself the truth first and then finding a safe pair of ears that you can tell the truth to out loud just saying it out loud yeah i think my i think my i think i'm finished at this role or something sparks your imagination or you're inspired by something and it will not let you go it's like it's on you mm. and you try not to think about it because it will be inconvenient. It will upset your apple cart. It will be, uh, <laughs> there'll be prices to pay. You'll have to sacrifice something. And you know what? That is all true. And yet that relationship with yourself, when you're being true to you, there is nothing, there's, there's nothing you can buy that beats that. There's there's no monetary anything that beats knowing, you know what? I found my lane. Yeah. I'm in it and it's the right place for me. And how do you know? Well, you've got an internal compass telling you this feels profoundly right. Not this superficial, I want that, but a very deep knowing inside yourself. Now, whether that's right or wrong, it kind of doesn't matter. Because if it feels right deeply, and I'm talking at an intuitive level, your logic lines up with that, it's kind of, but you know, take my move to Omaru, for example, mm. I moved here and people say to me, what did you move there for? And I can't, I've got no rational reason. I, it felt like time to get out of Auckland. It felt like this, it felt like that. But as to coming here, I didn't know a soul. I've got a wonderful network of people here now. Mm. I've got business partners in a local um, co-working space called the Business Hive mm. with the fabulous uh, Car and Alex. And I've just met the most amazing people, creative people. And I know this is the place I'll leave in a box, mm, you know. Wow. Um, so it's kind of one of those things where you've got to, you've got to back yourself and trust yourself that if you make a wrong call, you will be able to make a correction to put that right as much as, as you can if you haven't burnt bridges along the way. Mm. But, you know, for business owners out there who might be struggling, um, and I'm always saying this in the programs, uh, the Ice House programs, because the Ice House, uh, the wonderful, wonderful thing about the Ice House programs I work on anyway is the cohort. It is the relationships people build, as you well know. Mm. These are the spaces where you have got a safe pair of ears with someone in that group if not probably many in that group where there is a genuine connection because you've had a space in which you can tell the truth about your own business yep. and I know there are conversations there are in my sessions there are conversations about yeah well what if this is happening and the cohort will be oh mate I didn't know that was happening you know what do you need and the step up in the support so that whole backing yourself and investing in, I know I'm preaching to the choir on this podcast because people are alum probably who are watching this. They know the investment is worthwhile. And I'm not even talking about the financial investment. I'm talking about engaging and backing yourself as a learner. Yeah. And if even if we feel, you know, I'm useless or I'm having a low self-esteem day, if we back ourselves as a learner, which we can all afford to do because we can all learn, even at that base, then, um, well, you start stepping out of it because it's like, right, what is, what's my lesson here? You start looking at 
what's my environment telling me? Mm. It's a bit like learning to read. You know, if you're illiterate, there are worlds and worlds you have no access to. Mm. If you can learn to read, it doesn't matter, you know, whether you read this book or I read that book, we will read what we're interested in reading. No one can read the whole lot. There's too much to read. <laughs> yeah. You know, so we, we, we can tune in and trust that process. I really, really, truly believe that from my own experience. Mm. Oh, it's awesome advice. I love it. You've been in the room with so many owner managers and leaders of SMEs in New Zealand, which is an, inc- yeah, an incredible viewpoint. What's a common fear or feeling that comes up in the room with these business owners that you unpack together in some of your sessions, you know, is it imposter syndrome or, or self-confident? What's a common thing that just keeps on coming up? Something that is a challenge for them? I think for the owner managers, it's a little bit different in LDP because that's not an owner of the business. So slightly yep. different dynamic, but for the owner business owners, I think making that transition from um, as a, on mass, if you like, because some are already there and that's why they're in the program. Some people are compelled to keep learning and they're mm. the young entrepreneurs that are busting a gut to discover more of who they are, to maximize their own potential. They have no issue with being in the room as a learner. For people of my generation, more the boomers, I'm a boomer, mm. um, the the common thing is the communication gap between younger people and and the way they were or if you like the the field of consciousness they were conditioned in and this mm. is making a distinction that we always talk about in OMP and LDP about the difference between a 20th century leader and a 21st century leader and making that transition is very very challenging for people who used to be able to go Briar do this show me bloody useless, go and do it again. And mm-hmm. having a more collaborative approach. So, you know, the distinctions I always make are, I grew up in a, in a field of leadership consciousness that was all about the boss being the leader, the, the, the leaders, the controller, the leaders, you know, sometimes like a parent mm. in the workplace. And, and it could be a good parent or a not so good parent, but the power is definitely uneven in the relationship. So... Mm-hmm. Um, of course, the complaint that I'll often hear from that end of the spectrum, mind of the spectrum is, these young people have got no respect. They've got mm-hmm. no work ethic, you know? And if you talk to those young people, they're like, well, I don't just respect people for because you say I should respect you. I respect mm-hmm. you if I find you respectable. And having an equal voice in a conversation, even if we have different roles and responsibilities, and dif- different authorities to make decisions, we can still treat people uh, with respect across the board. It's not hard. It really isn't hard. It's not hard to be nice to people. It's not mm. hard to be kind to people. It's not, it's not hard to care about people. Mm. And so the leaders that I work with who, I was talking with a business owner yesterday that's an alum graduate, and he was talking about the the stress levels in his business for his staff. And it was very, very evident in the conversation that he hears about that, not just from the business perspective, because yeah. he, but because he loves his staff. He likes the people who work in the business and he wants them to be okay. 
Yeah. And so just that attitudinal shift, rather than thinking there's some great communication divide, it's it's really, I guess it's some advice I got when I joined the police, that if you treat everyone the same, you kind of can't go wrong if the way you treat them is with respect. Yeah. And yeah. that stood me in good stead. Yeah, that's great. So true. Um, you do a lot of work around communication and we're sort of talking about that a little bit at the moment. I, I've been in a session with you before with the Ice House team where we got some big pieces of paper and <laughs> we're drawing what you know we thought the other person was trying to direct us and it was eye-opening to say the least. Yeah. What are some key, what's a key tip or thing for a business owner to know when it comes to communicating uh, with their team? And maybe, maybe touching on that younger generation, you know, like how, how do we start with clear communication and getting better I think one, Yeah, one of the things we have to do is to move, move more towards a 21st century approach. And a 20th, 20th century leader, I've talked about, a 21st century leader needs other skill sets. You need coaching skills and taking a coach approach mm. to leadership. So it's not combative, it's supportive so if we if you and I needed to have a conversation about something I'm coming from having that conversation with you because I want you to win it's not yep. because I want to pull you down and make you wrong or show you your flaws or anything like that and same goes back the other way so if we're willing to take a coach approach if we're willing to learn some facilitation skills so we understand well, what makes humans tick? Why do we do the things we do? It makes it much easier for a leader to engage with the team as a collaborator. Mm. And everyone, uh, this is another, it's an approach thing that everyone is operating in service to the mighty and noble purpose the organization exists for in the first place. So when people have, and particularly young people, are very choosy now about and I think this is why we've got so many young entrepreneurs starting out on their own, because they're getting really choosy about where they want to add their life energy. Yes. And if you if you are going to join an organization and paddle your part in making something happen for that organization, then you want to know that it aligns with your own values yep. personally, that it is meaningful and that you're not just wasting your life year in, year out in a job where you swap your time for someone else's money mm. and I think there is sometimes a um, there's a reluctance to do that because the environment for young people they want well where's my career tra trajectory you know like yeah. what's the path of learning that's going to take me further in my career what kind of environment am I working in in other words what's the values based to the organizational culture and what are the relationships like between people? You know, how do people treat each other? You know, those three things are really important. So a lot of the entrepreneurs I work with in the Ice House environment, particularly in the owner-manager program, they want to set their own rules. They, you know, in terms of we're going to be like this, we're not going to be like that. So much flatter structures uh, yep. are sort of evidence there, much more collaborative approach, um, much more openness to getting really bright people around you who know more than you, just all the bog standard stuff. But it is changing um, what younger people um, choose to do with their life and career. And the going out on your own thing, 
I think it's never been in a healthier spot because there are so many people contracting at the moment because, oh, is there a recession coming down the pipe, you know, and we know that there are a lot of global influences. But also, if you can read the writing on the wall, then you can see that there are huge opportunities for people who are doing values-based things that, you know, the Ice House is kind of mm. known for. Like, there's no one, I don't think, in the alum that sort of makes guns and bombs or anything. Mm. You know, it's all for the good kind yep. of organisations. And hopefully what those people are called to do, whether it's farming or winemaking or manufacturing or logistics or, um, you know, supporting in communities or elder care or, you know, I mean, because you guys are exposed to businesses across the board. There are so many different types of businesses represented in the ice house now. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So good. How do we, how do we bridge that gap that we've just been talking about between generations? You know, you're in a room, you're presenting, to uh, people, you know, with more life experience. Um, and then you've got the younger ones in the same room. And there may be a little bit of differences in terms of their leadership style, or maybe one thinks the other generation has it easier than the other. Yeah. How do we bridge the gap and try get both generations to understand the viewpoint and find a good in-between or, or you know. Well, what are we doing now? I mean, you're a completely generation, different generation to me, and we mm. seem to be having a perfectly normal conversation. <laughs> That's true. You know, we're, but this is it. It's it's kind of like I think getting the age thing is a bit of a distraction. Yeah. Like I'm I'm going to be 65 in January coming up, and I feel like I'm only just starting to hit my straps. Awesome. You know. Yeah. So I won't be retiring. I don't believe in it, but. In terms of communicating across the spectrum, I think a lot of owners have got kids. Yes. And, um, you know, for better or worse, I think for better, I don't have kids. So I've never had that relationship where I relate to a young person as, you know, mm. like, uh, uh, there's something in that, you know, yep. like to me, everyone's my equal. Yeah, It doesn't matter what age you are. You know, a person's a person, no matter how small is what Dr. Zeus said. Mm -hmm. And so if we just treat people as people and we have different skills and capabilities that all go in the pot to do something marvelous, we don't need to be doing an age thing around it. We can frame more miles on the clock, more experience yep. equally, less miles on the clock, fresher eyes, yep. um, much better questions might get asked that are disruptive questions. Mm. And they might lead us to whole new things. You know, it behoves us all to be open to both. Because yeah. if you're a young entrepreneur and you're going to shut me out because I'm a boomer, you're going to miss out on a whole lot of stuff that you can't, you you simply cannot get under your belt until you've got those miles on the clock. It's one of the beauties of the aging process. Mm -hmm. A different perspective emerges. And you can't, if you're a, a boomer, negate that a person hasn't got enough experience to give something a crack because yeah. what matters is that you believe you can give it a crack that's where the energy will go you know yeah. so I think I think there's less I think there's less to worry about there than we might think yeah great um that's my experience anyway but then I get to work with with the best of the best, you know, as well, I do, I do across the board, but in the ice house programs, it's a really select kind of self-selected yeah. 
I do back myself as a learner. I am going to invest time, money, effort, energy. I am going to take this back to my business. It is going to grow my business and make it even better. And it doesn't take very long at all for um, those cohorts to actually see the benefit. And yeah. that then begets more learning. And, you know, learning begets learning. Stimulation begets stimulation. Get inspired. Get more creative ideas. Yeah. be more open to creative ideas because we need some imagination to get ourselves out of this crapper that we're getting ourselves into. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's going to take a lot of imagination and creativity. And if we're too fixed in our thinking, we're going to shut out and block out the solutions that are in front of us that some 12 year olds already working on now somewhere mm. in the world. You know, mm. it's marvelous. We live at a really, really, really exciting time in our human history because crisis drives evolution and you know that's what I'm on about yeah. let's just do it consciously and deliberately instead of ah, reactionary and you know just getting swung about by the breeze really yeah yeah so true and I love that there's gold in every generation and if we all work together towards totally. innovation man this world will be a better place so yeah I love that um I want to I always frame these from a business owner and leader perspective and we do hear um the the mental health challenges that are going on within teams you know business owners now having to be counselors and, and adherents and you know um advisors and in, in people's personal worlds advice from you maybe what what can business owners do to bring out the best in their teams maybe specifically someone that is dealing with mental health or limiting beliefs well, I think the, the, the personal growth track, because there's no quick fix for that, but if you've yeah. got limiting beliefs, to first understand that by understanding those beliefs, you can shift them. Mm -hmm. um, and that requires investing in education. I mean, the st step one is to care in the first place, because sometimes it's too hard, you know, I can't care, I've got too much on my plate. And yes, particularly for SMEs, the pastoral side of leadership is um it's vital in that it happens so even if it's even if even if you're a business owner that doesn't have that kind of personality you need to have the leverage in the business with someone who does yeah who becomes the champion for that the other thing that business owners can do that's really really simple and saves a whole lot of money um is to set up a peer coaching program inside the business where mm. people get buddied up and basically that the, the setup of that is the relationship actually has one purpose and it is a support to each other. So if you and I were randomly cosmic lottery buddied up and we were in the same business, then we would commit to maybe once a week, we have 10 minutes each way where I ask you how you are, mm. you ask me how I am. We're checking in with what challenges we've got going on. And it might just be a venting 10 minutes. It might be a, oh, Briar, I'm stuck with this thing. I've done something. I don't know how to correct it. Safe sounding board, you know. Mm -hmm. um, there is so much value in that relationship because what, what you'll notice out there in business is that people are craving real. Yes. That's yep. the best way to say it. People are craving real. And so in the workplace, if you and I have a transactional, can I borrow your stapler? Yeah, we'll bring it back this time because I had to go and get it from your desk last time. You know, like if that's the state of your conversations at work, 
that's the quality of your life you're talking about. You know, yeah. like you get to the end of the day, you can measure the quality of your day-to-day -day life. You get home at the end of the day, how do you feel? You wake up in the next morning and it's work day, how do you feel? There's your measure. Yeah. Are you looking forward to getting stuck in or are you just going, oh my God, I got through another day. What's today? Wednesday, hump day, two days of the weekend. Yay. <laughs> you know, it's almost a cultural thing that we're obliged to kind of do. Whereas our, 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 so much of our life, you know, goes into work. And yeah. I, I'm a great believer that work is love disguised. So if you're doing what you love, it isn't work. I mean, does it feel like a chore doing all the podcasts and all the stuff at the Ice House? I mean, it's just a joy because you get Absolutely. to do really meaningful, important things. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that when you can set up a um, meaningful conversations or in the staff meetings, you know, if you're having a stand-up or a whip or something, it's not the perfunctory, everybody share what did you do in the weekend. I mean, I sound like I'm judging that. I'm not. It's just that that becomes the, oh, God, here we go. Now I'm going to have to say what I did on the weekend. That's not real. Yeah. So, you know, things that are spontaneous, things that, that keep things real. And that's where we are very, very fortunate with our SMEs because we are not a country that responds to, well, this is my experience. We're not a country that responds to highly polished, slick um, plastics, Yeah. you know. New Zealanders like real we're yeah. not pretentious people and so if we try and go slick then we basically get you get your ass laughed at you know and if you try and do the whole positional power play at, at work these days the rest of the staff will just laugh at you yeah you know there's no <laughs> point true. it's but you've got to be real and but that of course brings up the challenging little project that becomes getting real with yourself yeah yeah, and that's where the trouble starts, Briar. That's where the trouble starts. And it's it's even what you said right at the start. You know, saying being real with yourself, saying, "Okay, this time has come at this job," or even bigger, the time has come at this business because yes. that can hit hard. You know, this is my baby. This is what I've worked yep. on my whole life, but I just I've known for for a while that it's not the right thing. It yeah. starts with being real with yourself. That is a massive takeaway from this conversation. Yeah. Yeah, Tell yourself sure. the truth, as, as painful as it might be for a little few seconds or even a day or two, there will be a relief in letting yourself know what you already know. Yes. You know, yeah. and, and, and even in doing that, what can happen out of that is, you know what, I've just given myself full permission to give this away. I don't want to. No, mm. that's not the answer. That's not the right answer. No, what I need is leverage. I need a right hand or I need you know and then you work you work towards putting that thing in place but Brilliant. I think it's Mark Twain that said that, that a man I'm sure they all meant women as well but that mm -hmm. a man can you know doesn't have to be afraid of picking up an idea and having a bloody good look at it and putting it back down again mm. we get scared that if I pick up an idea and have a look at it it'll get stuck to me yes it's like no you can say hey you could do it you could always you know you could you could give it away you could yep. just drop it. You could just stop doing it. And then all the, but I'm responsible for all these people's livelihoods. And, you know, there's all that wider responsibility that goes with it. Yeah. And at the same time, we've got to trust everyone's process of life. Because, yep. I mean, 
you've probably heard stories. I've heard lots and lots of the I got made redundant, best thing that ever happened. Our business closed down. It made me do this, best thing that ever happened. You know, partner so had an affair, the marriage ended, best thing that ever happened. Um, in the end, you know, so it's, it's, it's often I think it's about seeing life as a process and stop stop trying to take a snapshot in any one place and going, that's it. Because it isn't. There's always a dot, dot, dot. There's always what's the next picture. Yeah. Yeah, so true. So we can get ourselves tied up and not sort of for no reason, really. But the truth, that kind of cuts through everything. It's a bummer. It's a bummer sometimes, the truth. Yeah. Yep. But my God, it really does set you free. It really does set you free. Yeah. People would be getting a lot more sleep. I hope they get a lot more sleep after listening to this episode of the <laughs> so podcast. Because <do> <laughs> I'm like, sleep's oh causing poor sleep's <laughs> causing about fifty percent of our chronic illness in the world. It's oh, terrible. You got to wow. get a good sleep. Yeah, you do. And when the thoughts are just running through the mind, especially in hard economic times, you yep. know, you're thinking about people's livelihoods that you're looking after. Oh, just the freedom of being real with yourself and having giving yourself the option to pick something up or pick something down, uh, put something down. It's it's amazing, Amanda. Like this yeah. is really good. I think I think the other thing I would add there, Briar, and I think it's important is that you don't have to. And I know this is very very hard for strong independent people who are running their own show. Leadership can get really lonely, mm, and so yes. that's where you know, plugging into the alum, plugging into yes. your cohort, um, contacting any of us that are in the faculty, um, you know, finding a safe person that you can say, I've been thinking these thoughts to. Yes, yeah. Um, I've been thinking, you know, what's the point? I've been thinking this, just getting it out loud, whether you get a professional counsellor or someone who you pay to listen to you. Yeah. But just to find a safe pair of ears. Sometimes it's your partner. Sometimes it's not. Yeah. Um, to get that. Um, ob I know we can never be truly objective, but to get that stand back kind of view so that we can get a little bit more perspective or go up high. Um, this is something I often say to people, you know, if you, if you, squirming around on the ground in the dirt and you can't see the wood for the trees go somewhere high like go to a cliff or go to a go up the sky tower or <laughs> go somewhere up high and mm. and get perspective go on a mm. hill get in a helicopter watch out the window when you're flying and get perspective that there is everything exists in a much much bigger context yeah. than where our tiny little concerns which seems so huge and they are to us at a personal level, but to get a little bit of perspective and reach out and get some support, you can't beat it. Yeah. Because we all believe Brilliant. in each other. You know, I mean, look, we do, you know, you want other people to win. It's in our, it's wired in our nature. I want you to win. You want me to win. Why wouldn't we? Yeah. Why wouldn't we? Yeah. So true. I love that idea of perspective too, even a walk in nature or, yep. you know, uh, it can do some good things to the soul. Just realizing that we're one of many in a positive way. Um, there's yep. lots going around. 
Um, I think we're going to need a part two of this podcast because somehow, like seriously, I have no idea. We've nearly have had we an hour. It? I've yaffled it. That's because I'm, I'm an over-communicator, Briar. In case I love it because so am I. Um, but no, it's it's so good. And everything that you said has been incredible advice. Um, but I would love before we do wrap up in the next sort of five, ten to tell us a little bit about your newest offerings. You know, you're, you've got a course, you've got an accelerator. Um, for those that are wanting to invest into their, their mental, emotional, spiritual health and well-being, uh, what are these offerings all about? Well, this is very good news because the accelerator is something that I built over a couple of years because I was I built it click by click and I was learning how to use the tech from the tech. Mm. Like everything I've done on the internet, the internet has taught me to do because I haven't found anybody that's been able to do it or I've had the resources to pay them to do it, you know, so I've had to learn to do it myself, which is always really good because now I know what to do. But the accelerator is a 12 month, 52 weeks, basically one hour a week, personal growth course that's basically got the bones of my, um, or it's its foundation is my superpowers book. Mm, So it's that book brought to life, not in a course room, but online. And it it has weekly email coaching from me to go through. Because you can imagine 12 months, once a week, one hour. It sounds like a lot. And it's like one hour a week. I can do one hour a week. And yet the sessions can pile up. So it's self, it's not drip fed. You do it at your own pace. You do it how you like. Now, my dream was always for that to be free to Mm. the world because it's just information everyone has a right to. I'm not saying everybody should do it. I'm just saying everyone's got a right to it. It's like if I knew you were thirsty and I Mm. knew where there was some water, I would feel morally obligated to just show you where it was. You don't have to drink it. So that's what the accelerator is. It's some some personal growth in a structured arc of learning, and it was almost always my dream that it would be free. It has now paid for itself. And a couple of weeks ago, I launched it to the world. And it is now free for anybody who wants to engage. Wow. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that, as we know, on OMP and LDP, some people have issues with public speaking. And this comes up every single program for 20 years plus. It's come up every single time. And I know it well because I was practically phobic myself. And once I found my lane and once I realized, oh, my God, I have to do this. That's more important than my fear of public speaking. Then things shifted. And that's what the I Can Speak Clearly book came from the workshop after it had been taught for about 15 years or so. Yeah. Uh, then I wrote the book and that book has got a preparation plan in it, which is basically an eight step preparation plan. There's a fundamental at- attitude of service that flips that fear because every person I talk to, when I say, do you like solving customers problems? And they go, yeah, <laughs> of course I do. It's like, well, who's your customer when you're presenting? Oh, okay so if I focus on that the fear is not relevant I don't even experience it because I'm not your brain will have a fear response if you perceive something scary Mm. if you don't perceive something scary your brain doesn't have to have a fear response so you don't have to manage anything you don't have to overcome anything you don't have to pretend anything you just get on with the job 
Mm. So there's that. And of course, the big key of respect as a as an approach. And that has been turned into a little slideshow. And it's a cheap as chips. It's 47 bucks, I think. 49 bucks or 47 bucks. Um, it's actually got $50 off at this moment. Ooh. And that's that's all of those things are on my website. And the other thing that I've built, click by click, as I list these off, I'm feeling rather impressed with myself. You're like, look at me, go. Yeah, look it at me go. Impressive. I built an app, Briar. I built an app. Wow. And that app's called Free Space, Learn, Grow, Succeed. Wow. I mean, three little words, Learn, Grow, Succeed. And it's got lots of resources in it. If you get the app, you can, um, you'll get, you know, links to go to the accelerator and the and the pain free presenting course because that's what it's called, pain free presenting. <laughs> I like um, it. And or the website has the, there's an online learning tab on the menu, so those things those things are just there. But they but they you know I'm just one of those people. I've never been motivated by money. Money's never stopped anyone doing my work, mm-hmm. and I do okay. I've never, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how to run a business and I've been running one since 1992. <laughs> um, so yeah, finding, doing it your own way. I would really, really recommend people, yes, we've got our, you know, rules of the road to follow and compliance issues with government and taxes and all of that jazz. But essentially, if you're a business owner or you're a leader in a business, you've got enormous influence to mm-hmm. co-create so an environment where people can thrive and just love getting on with whatever it is that they're doing. And Mm. I find that incredibly exciting. And that's not just the business world. It's the NGO world. It's the, you know, disability services. It's elder care. It's early childhood. I've worked in all sorts of different environments. And you know what? People are the same everywhere you go. Yeah. People are the same. We get excited about things. We've got hopes. We've got dreams. We're scared of stuff. We're the same. Yeah. And I like to pitch to that sameness in us. Yeah, I really do. So it's good. so cool. I've, I'm, I lead a blessed life. I never would have said that. Um, I, I, I've been way down the self-pity path, eating worms in the bottom of my garden as a young person. And I feel like, my God, if that was the price I paid to to have the experience of life that I have, I am very, very blessed indeed because I just get to meet the most inspiring, incredible human beings, really and truly, like your fine self. Oh, I'm glad I've made the cut. Yeah, of course you have. You're doing great things there. (laughs) Thank you. I, I, yeah, there's so many... Uh, nuggets in this conversation Amanda but the importance of community has really stuck out to me and obviously I'm going to be a big champion of that being community you know community at the ice house but yeah um you know the importance of being real with ourselves authenticity the the leaning into to um self-development and and being okay to improve there's just so many incredible things here and thank you for unpacking um, what your offerings are because they sound too good to be true a little bit. So I am definitely going to be putting um, that information in the detail of this podcast so people can um, get to that really easily and I'll be looking into the accelerator myself. So thank oh, you. I hope you do because yeah. all feedback on it's welcome. I got a thing from a woman in Australia who just texted me on LinkedIn this morning and said, I'm at session 10. 
<laughs> and I'm loving it. I'm loving it. It's like, right, go and tell everybody. Yes, yes. Yeah. And I, I'm going to do that. I'm going to sing about this and, and promote this conversation and promote the incredible work that you're doing because I can tell it comes from here, comes from the heart. And um, that's such an amazing thing to get through your life and the the things you're saying around how content and happy you are because of the work you do, the legacy you're leaving and the people you're working with, that is living. And so I am very inspired by that. Excellent. Um, so thank Follow you. Follow your whistle. That is my <laughs> message. Follow your whistle. It doesn't matter if any other tune is different. You pay, mind your own business and follow what you are meant to be doing. And I call that vocational arousal. Yeah. Maybe one day we talk about vocational arousal and supra sex because that's <laughs> the real turn on in life where you bring genius together in the name of a mighty purpose that's supra sex it's not genes coming together it's genius coming together and vocational arousal is all about listening to the call mm. that tells you you're meant to be doing this so go do it go do it because yes. oh, that's, that's the way so to a happy good. life do what makes you happy yeah. The only you, recipe I know. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Everyone, you heard it here first. There's definitely a 2.0 happening in this in this um, duo. Yeah, so let's do it. Let's do it. I would love to do it, Amanda. Thank you so much for your time. And thanks to everyone that has tuned in. Hope you've got a lot of nuggets of gold from it like I have. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.